This is Jenny. This is Christian. And you're listening to Shaped. Well, we are so excited to be back with you for another episode of Shaped, and we're kind of continuing our series on the ways that COVID life has shaped us over the course of these last eight months. But this is our last episode before the Thanksgiving break. We'll be back right after Thanksgiving, but... Um, very important question for you, Jenny. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Thanksgiving side? Oh man, I might go for a tie on this answer. I super love stuffing. I really love bread. So I feel like that is right up my alley as well as my family is super weird and we have some seafood during Thanksgiving. So I also love scallops Ooh, with my Thanksgiving dinner. I love yeah. scallops. I, I've never had it with Thanksgiving because... I'm from Southwest Virginia. <laughs> By the time the scallops get to us, there you don't want to be eating, <laughs> not a go-to. No, no. <laughs> okay, well, if it isn't the natural choice of scallops, Christian, what is your favorite Thanksgiving side? I do, I do love stuffing. Um, yeah, you can put just about anything in it. You know, pe- sometimes people are very particular about like the way that you make it. Is mm-hmm. it sort of crunchier? Is yeah. it softer? Yeah, couldn't care less. Put oh it in my, my gosh! Gullet. But my my favorite. <laughs> is cranberry salad mm. um not like don't give me the stuff that's in a can put some <laughs> effort into it people so like the sauce like on the stove I, is I what like you're going for so- yeah the sauce that's on the stove is good that's what meg's family has but my mom makes um some this this cranberry salad that has mm. like it's sort of jello-y in a way mm-hmm. um it's mm-hmm. it's got um bananas it's got what? nuts in it um, and then cranberries, and it is so good. Whoa. I love it so much. Um, so yeah, cranberries. I feel like I don't know that I would love it as much if mm. we had it like at any time, but it's only ever Thanksgiving, and so yes. it's, just, it's just the best. Yes, the novelty of it. I feel confused by the bananas, but I'm gonna trust you on that. Yeah, just some some small pieces of banana. <laughs> I would I would try and attempt to make it, but I know I can't. So. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. Gosh. So as we continue on in our series about pandemic living, about COVID life. Today, we are joined by Margaret Davis, and so Margaret is a Virginia Tech graduate. She was part of NLCF as a VT student, and now Margaret is on staff with Storehouse, NLCF's church plant at Penn State University that moved to State College this June. And something I super love about Margaret is, one, she is really fun to be around, but I also think she has a unique kind of way about her where she is both really determined and also very gentle, um, which I think is unique and just an excellent combination, as well as Margaret has an incredibly impressive sweet tooth. Truly, there's no one I know, including myself, that loves sweet treats more than Margaret Davis or, yeah, can just go for something that is super sweet at any point in time. So she is going to share a little bit more about what she has been up to over the last eight months as we jump into this conversation with Margaret. Hey, Margaret, it is so good to hang out with you this morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's so good to see you guys. Good to see you too. Gosh, so we are excited to know, man, what have you generally been up to the last eight-ish months? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, well, I moved states, but outside of that, I've been baking, doing some puzzles, um... I've been going to the kickboxing gym and that's been really fun going on some walks. 
Yeah. Yes. That's What's your favorite? <laughs> what is your favorite puzzle bin? Ooh, um, I got a Star Wars puzzle and it was awesome. It had yes. like all these really cool colors on it. Ugh, it was beautiful. Man, that sounds incredible. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> So as Margaret, as you've like navigated this season um, of uncertainty, of difficulty, um, what has surprised you over the course of the season? Mm. I feel like, well, in this move to Pennsylvania, I feel like my time with the Lord has been surprising. I felt very disoriented um, when I approach him. Um and so I think I didn't anticipate that. And so that's been a little bit more difficult than I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. What, what do you what do you attribute that kind of like, I mean, we're all, regardless of whether we moved or not, we're all, I think, probably to some extent feeling a little bit disoriented right now. Um, what do you attribute that kind of like uh, just difficulty in, in, being connected to the Lord in the same way that you normally would. What do you attribute that to? Mm. I feel like, man, we just went right into the deep end. I like that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've been very, um, well, okay. So when I lived in Blacksburg, I had all of these rhythms that I would do normally So I'd go on prayer walks. Um, There were places in town and people that I would see that would be really easy, like memory pegs and almost like these Karens of rocks that I could look to and point to and say, man, the Lord moved in this and the Lord was here and present for this. And so I feel like I'm in a season now where it's a lot more difficult to see like in my own life where the Lord has been moving. And so I think that's kind of culminated into this difficulty of I'm not as quickly noticing in my own life what the Lord is doing. Um, I see him moving a whole lot with storehouse. Um, and there are things that we can like tangibly touch, um, and point to and say, this is what the Lord has done. But in my own life, I think that's been difficult, um, just to see those things and to orient myself around them has been more challenging. Yeah. Margaret, is there one of those things that you feel like this is a thing with storehouse that we can tangibly touch. Would you be willing to share one of those things or one of those stories? Yeah. Um, well, there's so many, um, I think specifically with our first member, her name is Becca. She's awesome. She's our president, (laughs) Um, Yes. but she has been such an answer to prayer. Um, out of all the people that we could have had be our first member. Becca is a star. Um, she's just been so awesome. Um, and yeah, just a really big blessing. I think too, we were praying for an advisor for our registered student organization. And so, I mean, the day that we needed to turn in the form, we had like 24 hours to find an advisor and we found one like, four hours before we needed to turn in the form. And then we were like, praise the Lord. And she's awesome. Um, She loves Jesus. She's super passionate about um, the minorities on campus and like just really connected us to a lot of places that we can be present um, and that we can be meeting more students. And so that's been really, really helpful and a huge answer to prayer. Oh, that's awesome. 
I love the ways that it's like the Lord isn't just providing, but he's providing in abundance. You know, it's it's not just someone on campus, but it's Becca, who you all love and are excited to do life with. So that is so cool to hear about. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, you mentioned earlier, like these these cairns um, that you kind of had around Blacksburg. What was it like? What did you do to kind of um, build up some of those cairns and what are you doing now? Um, and just, just so we're, we're all on the same page, <laughs> I don't, I didn't know what a cairn was until that long ago. And so it's just this pile of rocks. It's like a, a marker of something that significant was that happened or, uh, like almost a signpost to say, this is the way that we're going. So yeah. What have you done to kind of build those when you were here in Blacksburg as well as, um, what does that look like up in, up in state college? Yeah, I think repetition played a big part in building those up, um, there was a prayer walk I would go on at least once a week in Blacksburg. And like, I would always intro it with the same prayer. And then as I would walk, there would be these like, like a bus stop I'd pass or a a corner I would turn or a house that would remind me of like, oh, pray for this thing, pray for that thing. And then as I would continue to go on that walk, I would be able to remember like, man, one day I went on this walk and I bawled on this corner because I was having a hard time. And then like, oh, the last time I saw this bus stop, like I got to celebrate this thing. And so over time, the rock stack got higher and higher and higher of things the Lord had done. Um, And I think that happened purely over time. Um, Same thing with like going to Tillerman or going to coffee shops in the area and having huddle or um, getting to meet with people regularly in places like oh man, the last time I was here, I got a coconut latte with so-and-so and we chatted about all these awesome things that the Lord was doing and it was so much fun. Um, and so I think in state college, wanting to be repetitive and continue to go to the places that I enjoy going, um, continuing to build up um, memories, but also moments that the Lord has used to create community. And so wanting to be faithful to do the things over and over and over again, knowing that there will eventually be fruit in it. It's just a very low (laughs) pile right now. There's maybe like one or two rocks, but we're working (laughs) on it. Yes, totally. I love the way that you're like, this took time. Like (laughs) this took time to build this thing. And yet even in the amount of time that you've been in state college, the Lord is still rocking up in that way and putting these things on your Karen there. Um, Margaret, I'm curious, you said you would go on a specific prayer walk every week and you would always begin with one particular prayer. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to share that? Yeah. Um, I would usually start with um, Psalm 46:10, the be still and know that I'm God but then I would like kind of count down almost. And so I would start with be still and know that I'm God. And then when I get to like the dumpster, I'd go to be still and know that I am. And then I'd hit a tree and then be still and know. Um, and so it just ticked down, be still, like be still, be, um, until I'd get to the beginning of this trail that I'd walk on. But that would be my prayer at the beginning. So starting with silence and like just trying to prepare my heart for our, our chat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So, you know, you mentioned kind of this disorienting, um, feeling as you've moved up to state college and as you've been in the midst of pandemic, um, thinking back over the course of 
all these past eight months, some of which you were here in Blacksburg and some of which you, you know, headed up to Penn State. What is what what kind of has been challenging for you in the midst of the uncertainty, the, you know, obviously for a long period of time, just kind of being like stuck in a place uh, in a in an apartment in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah. What's been hard? Yeah, I think the pace in general has been a transition. Um, I would say that we all are pretty used to a busy pace. And so going into COVID and being forced to slow down was definitely challenging. Um, and I think it really took a toll on like, am I doing enough? Like, am I enough? Am I producing enough? Am I working hard enough? Um, and it took a lot of time to feel confident and like, okay, this is the work that's before me. I've been faithful to do it and now I'm done. So I don't have to keep like making myself busy in order to feel like I've done enough. Like it it is done. (laughs) Um, and so I think there's been a lot of freedom in the slowness of the pace that we've been going at. Um, I definitely think there's still some insecurity and like, is this really all that I had? Like I can Mm -hmm. do more. I can, I can, and I will. Um, but I think the Lord has been sweet and like, no, this is what I've given you and you've been faithful to, to do it. And so now we get to rest. So, yeah. Gosh, that's so cool, Margaret. I feel like, um, just the idea of Sabbath is something that I've heard you talk about. And I feel like you are on this journey of learning, but also have learned a lot and are somewhere really cool with that. Um, so yeah, what are some practices that you do on your Sabbath? Yeah. Um, I think it changes every week. I was reading the rest of God. Um, I finished that. So that was fun. But at the end of every chapter was a Sabbath liturgy. And it was like, practice this today. And I said, okay. Um, (laughs) And so one week it was feasting. And so I like made myself a fancy dinner and was like, this is so great. Um, And then the week before it was like play. And so it was like, have a dance party. And I said, okay. So I played music for myself and I danced around and I was like, this is kind of weird, but it's fun. Um, And so I think just a lot of freedom of like, try things like it's hard to find something that will consistently like bring life to your soul and so like obviously spending time with the Lord in the mornings and like having time of prayer and worship and reading on my Sabbath are like essential um but also having the freedom to play and to to take care of like my own heart of like I want to go on an adventure and like pick out a Christmas tree (laughs) with my roommates like did that yesterday. And so really just finding times to celebrate um, and to have fun and to to take the time to back away from the work that's always going to be there. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I think about, um, you know, Eugene Peterson. Uh, he says that Sabbath is praying and playing. And so, you know, seeing those things in your, um, you know, in your Sabbath is really encouraging. And I think one of the things that just both with your Sabbath and even as we're talking about the Cairns, that's kind of like just sticking out to me is the way that you, um, feels like the things that you do to interact with the Lord are very embodied. 
you know, I might have a tendency to be like, well, I'll just be silent before the Lord and all these things will happen in my mind. Um, but, but you're doing things with your body, whether that's walking, um, seeing these, these physical spaces that, um, the Lord uses to remind you of things that he's done, um, dance party, all these different things. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm challenged by that. And I think, um, could be a blessing for, for all the folks who are listening to this. Um, as you think about like this season, what do you feel like, you know, in James one, it talks about consider it pure joy when you face various trials for God, use it to produce all these things. What do you think God has, has produced in this season in the midst of pain and uncertainty? Yeah, I think that, I think it's been hard to see fruit because it's been such a slow pace, but I think in that, um, I've seen the Lord produce a lot. (laughs) Um, and so I think this idea of like prayer and the good things, I think because of this season of slowness, fruit has been more sparse. Um, but I think it's been very juicy, if you will. It's been very flavorful and it's been very good quality fruit. And so it might not be as abundant or overflowing as other people's trees, um, but seeing like it is still good. And so wanting to pray in the good things, um, Yeah. And I think especially coming out of college and recognizing there have been seasons where I have just needed the Lord because things were super hard, super challenging, seeing a lot of pain and a lot of difficulty. Um, But now I'm in a season where like I spend a lot more time celebrating and rejoicing the things that the Lord has done. Um, And so, yeah, still seeing that as like there's still things I can be praying for. And, and praying in that aren't necessarily um, hardship, but celebrations. So that would be one thing. I think something else that I've seen um, really quite recently is that the Lord hasn't withheld anything good from me. Um, I think, yeah, I have a lot of extra time to scroll on social media these days because things are slower. Um, and that's not always a positive thing. And so I think it's been easy to like compare like, Oh, look at this person's season. And this person is doing all this stuff within their free time. Or like in this COVID season, people are doing X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think, yeah, the comparison of like, well, I want that, or I could do that. Um, and yeah, having that enoughness come up, I'm like, am I doing enough? Is this pleasing or whatever? Um, and so I think, coming back to over and over again, like the Lord has not withheld anything that is good from me. I'm in the season that I'm in and I'm with the people that I'm supposed to be with. Um, and if something is good and he wants me to have it, he'll give it. So yeah, I think those are some things that I try to circle back to every so often because I forget them quickly, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. Margaret, I love that you're saying even in the slowness, like I can see fruit and I think about, um, You know, we can say that in this moment, but in the eight months of that coming to fruition, it doesn't always feel that way, like in the experience of it. So I hope that's encouraging just to be like, even if the experience has been confusing or tiring, I've still seen the Lord at work in this thing. And I think too, man, screen time (laughs) in a pandemic. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I, um, you know, it makes me think um, of like Psalm 30 and, and I think it's a Psalm that David writes and he says that you've turned my morning into dancing. Um, and I don't know, we just keep coming back to dancing, but this, um, this, this reality that like in the middle of the season where things are hard, um, and there, there is a lot to mourn maybe, um, even if it's just simple things like the loss of our normal rhythms or whatever, um, and yet the Lord has turned that into dancing for you, into saying like, okay, yes, things are hard, but also let me like point your eyes to the the things that are good, the fruit that I'm producing. What has that process been like for you? Like, how do you, how do you um, walk in the tension of, yes, there are things that are hard, um, and yet like sensing that God is directing you to say like, pray into these good things that, that I'm doing in you. Mm, that's a great question, Christian. Um, I do think with the church plant, we have established this rhythm of reflection. Um, it's not optional. We have to do it. <laughs> and so I think that that's actually been super helpful just to be regularly reflecting on, okay, one, what do I feel? But also like, what is that indicating? Um, and so I think because we spend a lot of time pointing out and thinking about like, what are things that the Lord has been doing around storehouse? What is the Lord showing you in your own life? Like what are these Kairos moments that you're having? Um, it's been a lot easier to recognize and to point out like, Oh, the Lord is moving in this thing and he is actively bringing things to fruition that he's said that he would, or that we've asked him to do. Um, and so I think that's been a very like logical jump for me in my reflection of like, Oh, these are the things that I've been praying for. And the Lord has handed me celebrate that. Like it would just (laughs) be the next logical step. Um, but I do think, yeah, even in the, in the times when there isn't that connection of like, Oh, these are the things the Lord's done. And it didn't answer the prayer that I asked or isn't what I expected. Like the response should still be to dance and to celebrate even in the midst because of the things that he's done in the past. Um, so I think I'm just trying to build a bridge of like in my reflection and in seeing what the Lord has done and my response should, and my, my response is going to be to celebrate. Gosh, that's awesome. I feel like there's this thread in so much of what you're sharing. That's just like, remember, Like, Mm -hmm. remember the things he's done. Remember what you've prayed. Remember the way he's answered prayers. Remember the way he's answered prayers previously. And just keep, like, I see them as little, like, pebbles on your cairn (laughs) that are being built up in that. Gosh. But in, I I love that, like, rhythm of reflection. Um, And as you've been reflecting, Margaret, do you feel like there are things that have been incorporated into your life because of this pandemic life season that you're like, this is a thing I'm going to hold on to and carry with me into whatever is coming next. Yeah. I feel like the slowness of the season (laughs) is, I don't think it's just a COVID thing for storehouse and for this plant. I think that the more time I spend up here, the more I'm realizing the ground is very hard. Um, And I think COVID has played a part in 
the hardness, but I don't think it's the only factor. And so recognizing that even after things open up and there's more freedom for our church plant and our campus ministry, like it's still going to be a slow, hard process. And so I want to take, hopefully I'll take this comfortability with the slowness um, and this confidence of like, it's okay that things aren't moving at the same pace as other ministries or other churches. Um, And so walking in this freedom of like, I don't need to be ashamed that my pace is slower than everyone else's or different than other people's like it's been a huge blessing um to be able to go at this pace and to and to walk um at a pace that I think is <laughs> a comfortable speed for other people to come alongside of us in um we're not going so fast that people are like oh my gosh I gotta keep up um but I think it's yeah it's a pace that I think allows other people to to jump in with us mm, that is so good I think I suspect that um, there are a lot of people out there listening who feel similarly uncomfortable with the the slowness and not just from a like an antsy I'm not sure what I want to do stuff but but even feeling a little bit of um, I, I this maybe feels like a strong word but I'm just gonna say shame um, of like I'm not doing all the things and um, you know, so much of the time, our our value is like tied to the things that we're doing. And in this season, we just can't do as much, or we get tired more quickly, or whatever. And um, and so I think that is a word for all of us of just like um, this slowness is a good thing. And you know, you mentioned earlier, like God has just said to you, "This is what I put in front of you. Just do that and worry about that. And if you do that well." I've got the rest of it. And what good news for all of us that I think we just need to receive. Um, so as difficult as it may be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so as we wrap up, we, we just want to ask, um, looking down the road to this indeterminate date when the world will open back up, I imagine that it pr- won't just be like we've set a date on the calendar and now it happens, but... <laughs> Just imagine with me that that is the way that it happens. What is the first thing that you will do when it's safe to reopen everything? Man, I want to say something really fun, like take a trip to Canada and do an adventure. But in all honesty, it's probably going to be a little bit less. It's going to be a little underwhelming. But I'll probably probably go to Berkey Creamery um, and get a scoop of ice cream. You can go in there now and get like a tub. But, you know, I want, mm. I want a fresh scoop. Um, so I'll probably do that. Or, like, um, one of my friends um, in town, like, they like to bake. And so I want to have them come over and bake something with me. So that's probably what I'll do when things open up. But yes, if people what- want to plan my trip to Canada, I won't be opposed. <laughs> You're welcome to come to Canada with us. I think uh, that's what I answered this question to as well last <laughs> week. So, yes. Oh, no, I stole your answer. Sorry. <laughs> what flavor ice cream are you going to go for at the creamery? Mm, well, my favorite flavor is Happy Happy Joy Joy. It's so good. Um, it's coconut and almond and chocolate. It's like an almond joy. Yes. But, ice cream. but I currently have some of that in my freezer because I went and bought the half gallon of it. <laughs> As you do. So I'll either get that or something different, maybe something will speak to me that's on the board and i'll, say, I'll try that one <laughs> i'm trying well, to get through all speaking the flavors our, there you go well this is a pro almond joy podcast and so uh, you are speaking our language 
I it's appreciate the, that. <laughs> the main food group of the <laughs> of Shaped. So. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Margaret, thank you so much for joining us. It has been just such a blessing to hear about the ways that the Lord is at work in you. And I think it's going to be, I know it's been encouraging for me, and I, and I think it will be for the folks who are listening as well. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Well, it was so good to have Margaret with us and to hear about the ways that the Lord has been at work in this season of uncertainty with COVID. What has kind of continued to stick with you, Jenny, as you think about our conversation with Margaret? Yeah, I loved the way that Margaret talked about kind of the unhurried way of life that she has been able to experience during this time frame as being a really good and a God-ordained thing in her life um, of, I think, at times when there may be seasons of unhurriedness, there's a sense to just like fill it with more things and to kind of like move away from that feeling um, that can kind of come in when we're doing less. And so I just think it was encouraging to hear that like that is a thing she wants to bring into the next season, this unhurried way of living. Like I just... When I hear that, I just think of um, someone's like shoulders being squared to you as they're like listening to you and just intent and focused um, of what you have to say, like kind of this even like embodied posture of being unhurried. Um, and just, yeah, that has been so cool to me and just has really influenced the way I'm trying to think about, you know, my own schedule and things that I'm doing to just press into that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's that's really good. That And I think like we probably wouldn't have chosen that unhurriedness, but, um, as we've gotten into it, I think, you know, hopefully it's something that we can hang on to even, even after mm -hmm. all of this. Definitely. Yes. Christian, what has continued to stick with you from our conversation with Margaret? Yeah. Well, I, I just loved how she talked about, um, the, the places in Blacksburg and the way that she's kind of, um, trying to think about these, these places where she recognizes God's presence and God's work up in state college um, the places that we inhabit are just so important. They shape us. Um, and, and so, you know, her talking about like building cairns, whether those mm -hmm. are literal cairns or just things that would kind of like remind her as she was walking on her prayer walk here in Blacksburg, um, I thought was so good. And I think could be something that like, that all of us could kind of lean into is consider like, what are places, um, where we, we've sensed the Lord's presence or maybe that remind us of, things that God has done. Um, and, and what does it look like for us to like continually get around those places or even like literally build a cairn? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, thinking about, um, how can we create some of those places? Um, one of the things that Meg and I have tried to do is we have this, um, this old window frame on our wall that has like 12, um, empty spaces in it. And we like put a picture in there from each month of the year of like something that we're just celebrating from that time, a way that we've maybe seen the Lord move. And sometimes it's really deeply meaningful and sometimes it's just fun. Um, but, but that's kind of a, a cairn, mm -hmm. if you will, that we've built in our house. And so, yeah, that was really encouraging to me. And I think like something that I feel like I want to lean into more going forward. Definitely. Yeah. Just this idea of like a physical thing to kind of represent what has happened at times like spiritually yeah. or emotionally. I yeah. think that is so helpful to, to do that practice of remember that Margaret was talking about. For sure. I mean, I think like we don't, we often feel like our spirituality is like something that happens in our minds or maybe in our hearts. But, you know, Margaret really was recognizing like how important 
the things that we see around us, the, the physical things that we see around us, the things that we're doing with our body, like that stuff really matters for our walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Gosh. And so we have a couple resources that we wanted to highlight that Margaret mentioned. The first was a book that she finished reading called The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. And specifically, she talked about at the end of each chapter, there were liturgies for Sabbath. And so it was kind of this helpful index of things that she could just work through um, to figure out what connects with her for Sabbath and just like helpful in getting ideas um, for resting well in this season, as well as she talked about doing um, the same prayer walk. So walking the same route once a week and praying Psalm 46, 10 um, kind of in stages as she does that prayer walk. So this sort of repetition, um, this movement of just coming before the Lord in a very like dependable way each mm-hmm. week or two big things. Yeah. Then we also wanted to give you a few questions to kind of continue processing the things that Margaret shared with us. So um, the first kind of, there are two pairs of questions, I guess. The first would be, where are you groaning and where are you dancing? Um, Margaret talked about dancing, mm-hmm. but like as you think about your life right now, like what is causing you to, to groan, things that are difficult or, or tiring or, um, or just sad even? Um, where are you groaning? And then what's causing you to dance? Like, what are you celebrating? I think that was so encouraging to hear the way that um, she was finding ways to celebrate even in the midst of difficulty. So think about that for yourself. Where are you groaning and where are you dancing? And then as those answers kind of come, just go do that with the Lord. Um, Share those things with him, groan with him, dance with him. Um, Yeah, that'd be a good way to kind of continue processing this week. The second is um, actually two questions that Margaret mentioned as she talked about like reflecting back over the things that have that God has been doing, the things that's been happening in her life over the course of, you know, a given period of time. She said, what am I feeling and what does that indicate? What am I feeling and what does that indicate? What is what is the, the things that I am experiencing, my emotions? What does that tell me about um, what's happening in my heart, about what God is doing? Um, so consider that that may be a, a hard question to pick through, but I think if we just sit with it and say, God, help us know our hearts, um, that could be really helpful. Absolutely. Yes. And so as always, we like to finish kind of with a blessing, with a prayer. And so in this season, as we intentionally pause to give thanks, may we thank the Lord as we remember Psalm 46 verse 10, that we can be still and know that he is God, that he's exalted among the nations and that he is exalted in the earth. Amen. So next week, we are taking off to rest and enjoy time celebrating Thanksgiving, but we will be back the following week. See you then. See ya.